Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that helps you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. You've got this. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 169 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me. This is my third and final interview in the series of how to have an amazing 2022. I'm welcoming Dr. Sunny Smith and Dr. Sonia Wright, both physician coaches, both amazing. And again, so many good tips. Each of these interviews, I've really enjoyed doing them because different things come up may have similar themes and similarities, but the approaches and the ways of viewing things are different with each of these coaches. And I've loved having the opportunity to sit and just chat and pick people's brains. And I hope that you found that these episodes have been helpful for you for planning your own 2022. Now, if weight loss is part of your 2022, if you're wanting to finally have freedom around your eating, feel good about your eating, feel in control without always hanging on for dear life with willpower, then consider joining Stress Eating SOS. The doors are open right now as of the time that you're listening to this. They close this Thursday. So they're open for a few more days after this podcast episode is released for the January group. Stress Eating SOS is for the physician who sometimes feels out of control around food. So if you are a physician and you know what you want to be eating, but it's really hard to do it consistently, you have good intentions and then a day happens or a week happens and you find yourself just completely forgetting them, then Stress Eating SOS is for you. It's exactly what we coach on to find solutions that actually work in a busy physician's life and that you actually enjoy. This is not a program about just sticking to a restrictive diet. It's about creating a customized way of approaching your weight loss that you enjoy so it's sustainable, so it lasts. That's the difference. Head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash SOS to learn more and to join the program. All right, let's get to the interview. Welcome to the podcast, Sonia and Sunny. Super excited to have you guys here. I've been looking forward to this all day. I'm like, that is going to be a fun conversation we're going to have. How are you? Great. I'm great. How are you doing? (laughs) Hey, Sunny, how are you doing? It's great to be here. Do you guys want to introduce yourself for anybody who might not be familiar with you? How about you go first, Sonia? Sure. I'm Dr. Sonia Wright. I am the midlife sex coach for women, and I focus on helping women to own their sexuality and create the sexual intimacy that they deserve and to focus on their desire and to love themselves and to love their bodies and a lot of empowerment and a lot of sex and a lot of pleasure. (laughs) Nice. And Sunny, how about you? I am Dr. Sunny Smith. I spent my career as an academic family physician at the University of California, San Diego where I ran a free clinic, advised medical students, talked about well-being and all that stuff. Interestingly, like the interested, the worlds are always colliding. One of my medical students who graduated this year, who was my advisee for five years, listened to my podcast with Sonia Wright, right here, <laughs> and texted me right after that Sonia's reflection on her journey to become a radiologist and the struggle that she had in making that decision helped my student realized it was okay that she was going to become a radiologist and she matched very well in radiology. 
So anyway, I've been a historically a medical student advisor and family physician. And now I spend my time running a coaching program called Empowering Women Physicians. And it's incredibly, deeply meaningful work. Awesome. Love it. All right. We are talking about having an amazing 2022, using the month of January to reflect and think and kind of craft what we want out of 2022. And so I'd love to hear if you guys have your own ritual or your own routines that you like to do at the beginning of a year when you're thinking about what you want to create in the upcoming year. You know, this is really a timely question because if you had asked me this question a year ago, I would have jumped into, oh, yeah, I usually come up with 20 goals that I want to accomplish in the year. (laughs) And I set out on day one with these goals, and I usually have most of them accomplished by halfway through the year. And then I set another 20 goals, and then I go, 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 go. That's what I would have said. But the year of 2021 has been one uh, where I have focused on finding the joy in my life and not taking the doctoring way of doing things and putting it into the coaching way of doing things. So it has been a year that has really changed my life and slowed me down and really made me be intentional and determine what I want my life to be like. So as I start 2022, it has a whole different look to it. It's not full of a lot of goals. It's full of more living and If there is any goal, it's about how to find the joy in my life and how to not focus on external concepts of success that have been handed to me that I chose to take on as my definition of success and try to find that new definition for me that's going to bring me that joy that I would like. I love that. Imagine if we all just made a goal of finding joy in our life. That is so missing in so many women physicians' lives. We do so much for everybody else and very little to create joy. I love it. Sunny, how about you? It's so timely and pertinent that Sonia says that because that's sort of where I am right now, just arriving more. I'm probably always re-arriving at that place. But each year I sort of choose a word as many of us do, right? And then it kind of comes to fruition because you're looking, you just find the evidence that you're seeking, right? And so the last three years, my first word was possibilities. And that's when I was like a full-time academic position. And I was just starting into doing this work outside the box. And whenever a woman physician starts to think outside the box, everybody starts to think you're crazy. (laughs) You've lost your mind. (laughs) And so I was just open to possibilities, like not knowing where it was going. Like I just want to explore possibilities. And then the next year, I had sort of committed to transformation. And so that was my word for the next year of like transforming my identity and really allowing myself to be a new version of me, which was didn't it brought the strengths and characteristics and history and things I was passionate about into a new way of delivering that outside of a lecture hall. And then, or my podcast becomes my lecture hall, <laughs> my coaching program becomes a lecture hall. And then the next one for this year became magic, which I think has been a lot of fun to believe that the world was kind of magical and it allowed me to let go of the control that you think you always need to have, right? And just allow for the magic of the universe to kind of come in and show itself sometimes. This year, the reason I say Sonia's thing is so timely and pertinent is because so two, February 22202, so February 22nd in 2002, I woke up from a coma in my internship. And so this year, 22222 is the 20th anniversary of being alive. And I really like medicine literally almost killed me. 
and almost completely damage my brain and all of this. And so to be awake and alive and thriving and having created the family that I've created and the life that I'm living now, it just reminds me. And so those two words that Sonia picked, joy and living, she said. And so I'm thinking, I'm sort of reflecting now, like, is it joy? Is it life? Is it alive? Is it like, how, what is it to be alive? Thank God I'm alive, right? And like Sonia said, you know, I think so many of us, we think the problem is outside of us. We think it's like the system. And yes, there is a lot of the system, but the thing is that we've internalized the system. And so that burnout work ethic and the like work harder, set big goals, work really hard. I see a lot of women physicians bring that to other areas of their life, right? Whether it's their parenting or their businesses or the perfectionism, all stuff. So I really, really think this is finally, and, and the sort of tagline for my program is, and always has been to enjoy the life you worked so hard to create. But it's like, you're always speaking to yourself, aren't you? So that's my goal this year is to really do what Sonia said <laughs> and start to slow down and really enjoy the life that I've worked so hard to create. So yeah, my process would be to find a word that kind of helps me to remember that. Is it joy, enjoy, life, living, alive? That's sort of where I am. I'm looking at that right now. Yeah, I love words. And um, we talked about this two episodes again with Jesse Mahoney. And the words that came up when she's talking about it was luxurious. And I'm like, I love that word. Like for your word of the year, when you're choosing, am I going to do something? Is it luxurious? And holding that. And I love the word like joy. Mine, which I've talked about in some of these episodes is the main one I think is trust. Because when I look over 2021, where I got into trouble, where I got burnt out, went through rough patches, it was when I wasn't trusting myself and I wasn't trusting you know, just life that things unfold in a certain way and was just trying to work so hard to, I don't know, I guess, overcome the things I wasn't trusting. And it killed me. It burned me out so badly. And so this year, my thought is I just want to spend a year just trusting, trusting in everything I've done, trusting in myself, trusting in what's going to happen in the year and let go of all that, like hanging on and trying to fight through that just is so exhausting. And I think for anybody listening, like I'm speaking mainly about the coaching and the podcasting and stuff, but you can use that same idea for the weight. Because I think so many of us that are working on weight are just trying to fight through it and hang on. And and if you can bring trust or joy or just life into any weight loss journey, it's going to make it so much better and it's going to make it more sustainable. I love all those. Yeah. And I would add acceptance and allowing when we're talking about our body. And whenever I work with clients in terms of losing their weight and such, I always start from a place of loving yourself and getting like not even working on the weight loss side of things, but working on loving. And I think that that is like in every area of our life, we're fighting so hard about against things. You know, if we just stop for a minute. And have the acceptance and the allowance side of things as things are instead of how we think it should be. And there's so much peace and calmness that's from that place of allowing. And then you can go from there. But I do think that it's interesting that we're all going through this process and we're all coaches in one way or another. And we all were physicians in the medical realm and then kind of switched to coaching. And it's like we get to this place in our medical profession and there's burnout or dissatisfaction or we want something different. And so that we make this shift to coaching and we think that that is going to be the answer. 
and but we take ourselves <laughs> into the coaching, right? So we find ourselves that we could possibly replicate the same situation that we were trying to avoid. And then we realize it's not necessarily external, as you're saying, it's more of an internal process. And then what do you do? What do you do when you realize it's the internal process? And then it gets to that place where you have to do the allowing and the slowing down. And actually, it's not that you can change the circumstance, right? You have to focus and work on you. So I'm seeing the same thing. And a lot of us are in the same like three to four year period of time in terms of from the time of making that transition or just starting the coaching business to now settling into this as our second career and realizing that we still have to be intentional to make the life that we want. It just doesn't happen because we leave medicine, because we take the same person that's in medicine comes into whatever realm we choose to go into. Yeah, I like the idea of accepting too, because I've been thinking about that a fair bit just with the pandemic. So I don't know what your guys' situation is, but here we're in yet another kind of layer of restrictions and school's not going to go back right away. And What I've been noticing this time around is every time we go through one of the waves, my brain is like, okay, we just have to wait for it to be over. Like it's got to finish soon. And I think accepting and for any of you who are feeling like that and just burned out by the pandemic, like maybe it's time for us to just be accepting that this is just it, that this is life for the foreseeable future. And there's a relation in that to weight and stuff like that too, which I've talked about on the podcast is If you just accept that you have a body that tends to hold weight, life gets so much easier instead of fighting that you should be able to, you know, eat stuff. And so if I can work on just accepting that this is what our life is like right now, instead of fighting about I should be able to go on some trips and I should be able to travel, which right now we can't and haven't been able to for a while, life is going to be better. It's going to take some of that struggle that you're talking about away. So many things that acceptance helps. And I think you're one of the words that you added there when you're reflecting on that is like right now, that heightens your awareness of how it's temporary, even though we don't know how long it'll go on. This is what we have right now, right? This is what we have right now, whether it's your weight, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's whatever your feelings are, which are sometimes quite overwhelming in regards to various circumstances, right? This is what we have right now and just letting it be. And I spent a good part of this fall telling myself that I was the problem. I was doing things wrong. If only I could be different, right? So just not allowing and accepting ourselves exactly as we are. However we are is not actually a problem unless we make it a problem, (laughs) right? So how many times are we going to relearn that? (laughs) And as women, we are socialized that we are the problem. We are socialized to blame ourselves. You know, so part of it is like taking a step back and recognizing that it doesn't necessarily. And I see this a lot with the sex coaching that I do. It doesn't matter if a person's libido is low or it's high, like there's a problem with it and the women are the problem and everybody else in the relationship is okay. It's like, if it's too high, this is the problem. If you're the woman, if it's too low, then you're, you're the problem. Right. I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> That's some wisdom. <laughs> totally. Let's talk about what are the places that you see people getting tripped up with the idea of like new year's routines or reflection or resolutions, however you want to phrase them. Where do you see people getting tripped up? Sonia, do you want to start? Yeah, I'm trying to think what's the best way to express it. I think it has to do with that allowing, right? Getting tripped up in terms of saying where I am right now is not good. 
and I need to change and I need to go somewhere as opposed to like the acceptance and the allowing of where I am. And then I choose this journey to go on and I choose a goal and I, I'm going towards that goal. But at the same time, to start from a place like here I am is okay. And I get to choose not to have judgment about myself where I am at this moment as I go towards something else that I would like to create. So that's where I see where the fallacy is that we start from a place of not necessarily allowing and accepting and appreciating ourselves as we go towards this new goal. And then going towards the goal and the process, but being okay with not being fixated on the outcome, which is so difficult when you have a goal, right? That's because like, oh, I'm going to have a goal to lose this amount of weight, or I'm going to have a goal to make this much money. But to go through the process itself, and we've all been trained through the Life Goat School. So we had this concept of the impossible goal and the 25 fails a quarter and things like that. But how do we do this whole process with self-compassion and love? And there's that joy again, and find the joy to a certain extent in the process. And I tend to rely a lot on humor. So how can we factor in humor in this process. Yeah, I love that. How about you, Sunny? I mean, again, Sonia is so right on. Like life coaches are so my people. (laughs) Because the self-compassion, meeting yourself right where you are is everything. And people tend to pick something they hate about themselves and they want to be different immediately. And then they have this previous thing where I heard Mel Robbins recently do this thing where she talked about why people feel stuck. And it was, you know, of course, we're in the present, we look back at the past. And I think a lot of physicians, we take that past, and we think that that's our future. And when you project your past into your future, you feel stuck. You're like, it's the same. I'm gonna do this for another 60 years or whatever until I'm 60. Like, I can't do that. Like, I just feel so stuck and so trapped when you put your past in front of you. So you're like, okay, well, we can't have that. Again, whether it's weight or charting or your job or your marriage or your kids or whatever, like you can't stand the fact, first of all, again, not having the self-compassion just to meet yourself right where you are. It's the dislike, the strong dislike of what is that then creates this resistance and this all or none thinking that we're going to change it immediately with this ridiculous perfectionistic fantasy as if something changes, right? Like the whole calendar is a complete mental construct, you know, like the deers and the fish and your dog doesn't know it's a different year. It's just the sun comes up another day. But for some reason we have this idea like, oh, well now I didn't change the previous 365, but all of a sudden it's all or none, right? And so there are times in our lives that are very shocking where all or none can work like say you have a heart attack and the doctor's like no more cigarettes for you and you're like okay right there are times where that can be effective but I think for most of us really putting the all or nothing on ourselves we're just bound to fail and then we give up like most new year's resolutions of course are nowhere to be seen by February. And so we're ignoring, of course, the compound effect of small change over time. Like even if I look at my journey where we talk about possibility, transformation, magic, and then now maybe joy or alive or whatever, like that's all very gradual. There was nothing about like January 1st that was like, well, now I'm transformed. (laughs) Or I mean, I have done things like now I'm not going to drink diet soda. (laughs) And that lasted for a while, for years, but now I drink diet soda again. What is wrong with me? So maybe January 1st, I might be like, no more diet soda. 
And so there are some things like that you can do, but I think for many that can be effective if you're very motivated for that thing. But what's often more effective is I'm going to do it way less. Like if I'm eating out three days a week or five days a week, I'm going to eat out like once a week. Like be kinder to yourself or twice a week. or I'm going to do better. Again, the compound effect over time is very underestimated in New Year's resolutions in the all or none thinking. It's that old saying, and I can't remember who said this, but we overestimate what we can accomplish in a day and we underestimate what we can accomplish in a year, which is exactly what you're talking about. And five and 10. And right, because like if you knew, say you are 300 pounds or 250 or whatever that is for you, whatever your BMI is, if you knew at the end of a year or two or three that you'd be your weight you want to be, why not enjoy the journey? Like why torture your soul on the way to getting there? Because then when you get there, just like we talked about the brain with the burnout, you tortured your soul to get there. So you're going to continue torturing your soul to stay there. So it's like learning to be different and to allow the goal to come when it comes. Because when you know your success is inevitable, it's not as rushed. Yeah. And you know, what comes up for me when you're talking about that, Sunny, is that I think we've been trained, the mistake that we've been trained is that it's the goal that matters. It's the place that you get to that matters. And it's not. It's what you do and what you learn about yourself and the path that you take to get there. That's what actually like gives you value. If you could just snap your fingers, lose weight, and like say, take 50 pounds off like a miracle diet pill or something, What would happen is you would be yourself with all your insecurities, 50 pounds lighter and still probably dislike your body and feel like it's not good enough and feel because you hadn't had a chance to go through that journey and go through the changes that were required. And you would still have the same habits and you would still have to work on that. Like it's the goal points you in a direction. I like to think of the goals as like when you start a road trip, you're thinking, I'm going to go to that city. I'm driving to that city. So it's pointing in the direction you need to go, but the city isn't an exact place that you're going to end up. Like maybe you're going to be in the outskirts in a hotel one time. Maybe you're going to be right downtown another time. It's as you get closer, you refine it. But the goal is what helps you just know the direction you're supposed to be driving is how I like to think about them. Yeah, And what I like about that journey, that example, and I love what Sunny is saying, because she's saying that also there's a belief there that you're going to get to that goal at some point. And so the belief is what's carrying you, right? So when you, you're going to Albuquerque or something like that, you know you're going to get there. When you start in your car, you know you're going to get there at some point in time. So if you take an extra day because you want to go look at that corn hub statue or something like that, <laughs> well, that's part of the journey, right? And you get to remember that. And when you're looking back at your photos, you'll be like, oh, wow, I got to go there. But you knew when you took that turn and a half a day extra, you know, on that journey to go see that corn hub, that you are still going to get to Albuquerque, right? So if we still know we're going to get to our goal, we wouldn't be as stressed out in terms of the journey to get there. And so I love when you're saying that, Sunny, like the underlying concept, but there's this belief that you are going to get there. I think when we look back, like the future you or the wiser you or the version of us where we are now, like say, for instance, we're all doctors. And I presume everyone listening to this is a doctor. So if you look back at your med school journey, clearly it was hard, right? And that's where we learned delayed gratification. And that's where we learned to torture ourselves and not enjoy the present and get so good at it. And then we did it again in residency. And then we did it again. And so 
what I think we bring, we're experts in that mindset. We bring it to any New Year's goal or weight loss goal or resolution or any resolution that we have. And if we could all say something to our first year med student self, it would be like, don't stress so much. Don't worry so much. Like it all works out in the end. You don't even know, like these people, there's a really unique time in your life, you know? And so if you really believed and they worry, they aren't going to become a doctor, which all of us in med ed know they're, they're going to become a doctor. It's hard, but it's like 99%. And so if we believe 99%, you're going to hit whatever that goal is that you have for yourself just by continuing to show up. Because how do you become a doctor? You go sit in a classroom, right? And then you go talk to one patient. It's a huge thing to become a doctor, but it's just one thing. There's a book written by Will Smith, if your listeners haven't listened to it, that is like lay one brick at a time when you're making a huge wall. And his dad says, just concentrate on the one brick. And so it's like, just do the thing right in front of you and learn to enjoy the equivalent of that med school journey. Like go out with your friends. (laughs) see a movie on the weekend. I know there's COVID now, so you can't, but you know, whatever the equivalents are on whatever your new year's resolution, like if you're trying to have a better marriage, like don't stress so much about having a better marriage, right? Enjoy what you can about the marriage as it's present. Enjoy whatever you can. These are my reflections on it. Having spent my whole career advising the med students who worry the whole way, I'm like, just about your 82. (laughs) Come on bigger things in the world and it's the same about the 252 versus the 248 like really gonna attach your self-worth to that like it all works out yeah that belief and i love just coming back to that analogy what you were talking about sonia if we use that analogy and we just know that you will get there and we can believe that like if you can just believe i actually had mugs made up for my business that just say one word believe because honestly it's like the biggest important thing for anybody but if you could believe then like sometimes you're going to make intentional journeys off the path and it'll delay the reaching the destination. But also sometimes things that aren't in your control come up. Like I'm thinking in the driving analogy, you know, if we had a traffic jam or there's road closures, do we make that mean anything about our ability to reach that city, right? Like because we have the belief that we can get there, we're like, okay, like how am I going to get around this? Am I going to wait for it to open up or am I going to take a different route? We problem solve it. But it's based on the understanding and belief that we will just get there. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, it's we make it mean if there's like a yield sign and God forbid a stop sign, <laughs> we're like, I'm going home. I, was, I can't do it. Albuquerque. It's over. <laughs> Like, why do we do that with our resolution, right? So it's just like, it's an over-exaggeration. It's a trigger on something that's raw. And so it's like skin that's intact. You can touch it. It's fine. It's no big deal. Going to Albuquerque, we don't have any beliefs that we have failed going to Albuquerque a hundred times before. So we're never going to get there. But it's sort of like the abrasion on your skin makes it very, very sensitive to any kind of touch. And so if we have a sore wound on something we've tried to do before and not succeeded when we hit a stop sign that's the trigger for the emotional flooding overreaction and giving up and even if you do do that go to sleep and begin again the next day right every day could be new year's (laughs) totally absolutely and focus on healing the wound exactly which is kind of way back to what you said at the very beginning sonia is before when you're helping people deal with weight before you even start that you talk about like loving yourself now, which is essentially healing that abrasion. If there's an abrasion that's making you super sensitive to stuff, that's where some fantastic work is. And that's where coaching would be like 
so good is heal the wound so you can then withstand the predictable obstacles that'll come when you're reaching for goals. Get some wound care. Put some fancy dressings on it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can't even think of what the fancy dressings are right now. Like uh, (laughs) it's called an order wound care. Tagaderm. Coaching is like tagaderm for a wound. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a radiologist, so I got nothing. Like, good luck with that. I'll give you a differential. <laughs> we'll CT the wound. Yes, I know. <laughs> and we will say it is definitely present because that is the thing is these things are as real as a wound. They're as real. The neural pathways that we have that get triggered, that make our amygdalas light up, that is measurable in an fMRI. This is biology, right? There's nothing wrong, quote unquote, with you. This is an actual neuroanatomic pathway that has developed over time, sometimes from trauma from childhood, sometimes from things in our adulthood, but this is as biologic as an abrasion and it just takes healing and patience. Like we would never expect our broken bone to be healed in a week, right? And so if we're not doing everything right after New Year's in a week, we're like, what's wrong with us? (laughs) If we're not safe, imagine you tried to be left-handed, right? I mean, it's just as biologic as anything else that takes time. So we had Jill Multi-Taylor in my coaching program. And one of the things she said that I really appreciated, for people who don't know her, she's a Harvard neuroanatomist who has a really profound TED Talk and a book called Her Stroke of Genius, where, again, a neuroanatomist watching herself have a stroke. But she said what was so insightful that someone offered to her, because it took her eight years to get better. She couldn't speak. She didn't understand language. And she said that they said, neurons are not in a hurry. So give yourself years to heal these neurons and create new neural pathways. And I thought that was a lot of wisdom because these kinds of things that people are trying to change with coaching, there are some things where you get like this really fast insight and you can come really far so fast. But then when you see yourself kind of going two steps forward, one step back, you blame yourself a little and just remember you're literally rewiring neurons and neurons are slow growing. (laughs) They're not like the bones that heal in eight weeks, right? So we give ourselves a little patience. And again, that's the whole thing about our success is inevitable to give ourselves time. Yeah, love that. Do you guys have any last tips for success that we haven't talked about for making 2020 amazing? Or sorry, 2022. <laughs> Lost a couple of years. <laughs> 2020 was... Um, 2020 maybe wasn't amazing. Was remarkable. <laughs> it's amazing that we got through it. It's amazing we all survived. That is for sure. Yeah. Sonia, I'll let you go first. I think it's going to be important to figure out what is valuable to you, is important to you, and like spend some time with that before you're making these goals. Because we jump to certain goals. It's almost like society tells us what our goals should be. Like we should make lots of money. We should be a size two, like these ridiculous things. But society tells us, and that's how we define our success, right? But we actually get to slow down and figure out for ourselves, what do we value in life? What is important? Is it relationships? relationship with your family members, your children, with your friends? Is that what's important to you? Is it having like a practice, a meditation practice where you, like you get to decide what is important and valuable for you and society doesn't get to tell you what that is? You know, of course I'm into pleasure. So I'm like, maybe it's pleasure. Maybe it's <laughs> self-pleasure. <laughs> maybe it's figuring out how to enjoy life a little bit more, right? But you get to determine what that is for yourself. You don't necessarily have to look 
externally for the answer. You can spend some time before you're making your goals as to figure out what is important to you and what you want to focus on and what you'd like to improve, increase or whatever before you make that decision that it's going to be this goal. And then you get to live your life. We focus so much on delayed gratification that it's time to realize this is your life. We are right here right now and you get to live it. It's no more delayed gratification. And that is like no more delayed gratification until you get to the perfect size, until you have the perfect job, until you've written the perfect paper or textbook or whatever. No, it's now. It's time is now. It's now. Absolutely. So well said. Sunny, how about you? Well, amen to all of that, of course. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I have a few things that I've been thinking about lately, but sort of following on that. The first is because we don't know, you know, the pandemic has given us many, many gifts and many, many not gifts. <laughs> but one is the idea that you really don't know what's going to happen. And it brings up this idea of impermanence. And if 2022 was our last year, or if in the last in the months or whatever, sometime in 2022, if our time was short, how would we be spending our lives? If your time really was short, because it is, we just don't know how short, but it is short. And so if you had three months, for instance, would you really be wanting to lose weight as your highest priority and beating yourself up? Or would you allow yourself to enjoy the taste of some of your food and just be reasonable, for instance, and then focus your actual energy and attention on the things that you enjoy and love about life and being alive? Because I think a lot of us, I mean, the fact that we're still alive when so many people are not, right, from this pandemic that came up and still right now is surging higher than ever, ever before, we are blessed and privileged to be here and have breath and have life. And so live as if your time is short, or at least make goals as if your time is short. Be mindful of that. Because I think women spend a lot of time trying to be perfect, right? And is that really what's most important, really, when it comes down to it? Two, sort of have three things on my mind lately, is I read this book. I'm always like referring to these other things. I'm like a personal development junkie. <laughs> so I read a book called The Gap in the Game that a lot of people have been reading lately. And we are so focused on the gap between where we are and where we want to be. But what it was saying, so this is like for your New Year's resolution, like we have this place we want to be and we focus all our attention between where we are now and that place. And it's like a horizon or a rainbow with a pot of gold. Like it's always where you want to be is always going to be somewhere farther out there. And so there's always this attention to the gap, but we can purposefully pay attention to the gain that we have given just how far we've come. So if someone's going to plan their 2022, what I would actually recommend and what I've been doing for myself is start with 2021 and really say just how far you came in 2021. You survived it's been hard. (laughs) What are the things that you gained that you created in the world, right? You kept showing up for whatever that thing is and all those things, whether it's parenting, working, moving a goal forward, even if you had forwards and backwards, right? So focus on the gain and not the gap really helps us to continue. Then you continue that momentum. And then in that same book, this sort of third thing is to focus on three wins a day, they said, because If you, at the beginning of the day, you plan what your three wins are going to be. And at the end of the day, you sort of look at, oh, these are the three things I was winning. Then you're always winning. And even if you didn't do what those three things were at the beginning of the day, 
you kind of reframe them or find something, three things that you did win at. So again, the idea is giving your brain the idea of progress because human brains like progress. They don't like to feel stuck. So how can you create for yourself the idea of progress as you go into the next year? I think look at the momentum of the last year and then continue every day to look at how you're winning, what gains you've made. There's always something. I didn't punch anyone in the face today. You know, something. <laughs> it's a win. Always, always winning. Not in jail today. Whatever the things are, like you're always winning if you tell yourself you're always winning. Our brains default. You know, we have cognitive distortions and biases. We have negativity bias that keeps us alive. It's very good for us. It's been advantageous over the course of centuries. But we don't need as much as it offers us. So we're going to use not the negativity bias, but the confirmation bias, right? To be like, I'm always winning. <laughs> Look, I'm like a little bit delusional, but it's kind of fun. And even if the day doesn't go well, me and my family, like we've started doing this since I started reading this book, I have a little boy. My husband thinks I'm crazy doing it. But like, I try to think about like, what were the good things today? How were we winning today? And now we're like, we're a family who's always winning. <laughs> Which is fantastic. And it's interesting watching you talk about it because you could see that like we're taught to not be boastful or whatever it is. Right. And so even there, you're like, well, I'm a little delusional. And like know, you kind of you backpedal. And it's like, <laughs> what is the harm of thinking that you're always winning? There is no harm. Right. No. Like it's not going to turn you into a bad person. It's actually going to create more of you to help and do other things because you're in a different state of mind. You're not stuck in that little bubble of like, I might not be good enough. And so I'll just stay over here quiet and not help or not offer my opinion and stuff. It's just, it was interesting watching you, Sunny, because I know that, I know you believe totally in yourself. And yet even there, I could see you pull back. Yeah, of course, because you seem ridiculous. People will tell me that's just delusional. I'm like, maybe it is. And it kind of is, right? But that's okay. There's nothing wrong with focusing on, it's not toxic positivity, right? We are not trying to put any toxic positivity on negative things. Like winning is I survived, right? There's I survived toxic positivity. I don't think so. And I honestly, like where I am, I'm in Puerto Rico right now and we had the highest vaccination rate. And so I was feeling so happy and so comfortable here. And I'm like, I'm in the best place on the planet. Our, we're so safe. And in the last two weeks, our case rate has gone up 5,000%. And so all of a sudden, like my brain wants to freak out all the time. And like, this is just real. Your brain wants to freak out all the time and you have to train it about the good thing, right? And so I'm training it not to focus on that. And I still acknowledge the reality. I don't deny the reality. It's yes and. Yes and I can still feel good that I have survived today. Not everyone did. And my family did. And I'm talking to you and I get to see the beautiful, amazing Sonia Wright, right? <laughs> like we're winning, all three of us right now. Here's our three wins for the day. <laughs> Absolutely. Any last comments or if not, if you guys want to just share where people can find you, how people can learn more about what you do. Sonia, you can go first. Sure. The easiest way to find me is my website, soniawrightmd.com. You can find me there. I have a podcast, a Midlight Sets Coast for Women podcast, and you can also find that on the website. So that's the fastest and easiest way to locate me and find out more about my work. Nice. Sunny? 
I am empowering women physicians and we have a podcast. So people who listen to this are obviously podcast listeners. I like to say we're sort of like AFib historically, like we're very irregularly irregular on our podcasting, but, but every single day people are still listening and it's still really good and people replay. And I anticipate that we'll be getting back to more regular podcasting now so they can find me there. The same name, they could Google empoweringwomenphysicians.com. There's a Facebook group, Empowering Women Physicians. And we have a coaching program, of course, starting. We're kind of purposely not putting in January 1st. <laughs> We're going to start in February because I think that's more... I mean, you could do it any way you want. But I think just people will have gotten over that belief that, oh, I'll do this and I'll just be better by January 2nd. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, we have an amazing coaching program, which many of our colleagues work in. And I have Sonia comes and shares her amazingness. Let me say my staff after Sonia and Sonia knows some of my staff that were there after she came in, they were like, did you see the thing Sonia was talking about? (laughs) I was like, we're doctors. We're doctors. We can talk about vaginas. And labia. <laughs> and my favorite friend, right? <laughs> She's showing right now. <laughs> but you can imagine for women, like these are, they talk about things that are taboo. Like we're not supposed to boast and we're certainly not supposed to talk about sex and we're not supposed to talk about pleasure. We're not supposed to, talk, we're supposed to sacrifice ourselves for other for this, our whole lives. And so, yeah, we try to bring in all the amazing people that we can to show their amazingness. Like Sonia displaying a clitoris. <laughs> Every woman physician needs to check out Sonia's stuff too, because absolutely. And then Sonia coaches in stress eating SOS too, which is amazing as well. You're popular, Sonia. Yes, I tell people all the time. I'm like, she's a master. She's like, there's a bunch of us in training right now, but there are far and few between. And she is one thing I appreciate about. I just want to appreciate both of you and all of the coaches. Honestly, I couldn't sing. Why am I taking over and saying this? But like, I'm just gonna say, every physician deserves a coach. Every woman listening to this podcast, every one of them deserves a coach. And we don't care which one you choose. We care that you choose. We care that you have someone to hold space for you. And a lot of people are able to get their work to cover this. And a lot of people are able to have it be like a professional expense or a CME expense or whatever. But every, if I could stand for one thing, every woman listening to this needs a coach. And so anyway, here are two of some of the best in the US and Canada, for sure. So they're in just the right place. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today, guys. Well, thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, this has been <laughs> fabulous. I'm like, I'm psyched for 2022. I'm like, whoa, bring it. <laughs> well, maybe that's your word. Psyched. Bring it. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for joining me for these three interviews. It was a privilege to have all of these different coaches come on and chat. I enjoyed these sessions so much and I really hope that there's a lot that you can take away from these sessions. Send me an email, info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca and let me know what you're doing in 2022. Let me know what you've taken away from these sessions and how you're planning your 2022. How is it going to be amazing for you? And if you have a chance, if you could stop and leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast, it'll help it get found or consider sharing this episode with other physicians because these episodes will help any physician regardless if they're working on weight or not. It's really good information for any physician. All right, have a fantastic week, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.